0: Chapter one in your Bibles, Colossians chapter one. Hey, let me let me just address something real quickly, if I could. And uh, we really are, you know, uh, uh, the ministry. Everything's different uh, with with ministry now, and we are uh, reaching out, you know, over the airwaves and internet and things like that. And because of that, we have to be real careful about even stuff that we show here in the church, make sure that it's not copyrighted and things like that, and so we are, we're really trying to, uh, to be better stewards of that, be mindful of that, but YouTube has knocked us off, <clears throat> and so because of, a, because of a, a video that was displayed back in 2021, of all things, where Dave Kistler made some remarks about the election, and so, you know, of course, you know, the temptation is to just tell YouTube to, anyway, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we, you know, we want to be on every social platform we can because the more we uh, are out there, the more the message of the gospel is going to get out. And so we are trying to be better stewards of that. But let me, but let me say this, and especially for those that are watching by way of a live stream who maybe couldn't find us on YouTube today, that You don't have to have YouTube or Facebook to watch our service, and that's what's so important. Is if you'll go to our website at CalvaryBCUG.com. So it's just initials: Calvary Baptist Church Union Grove.com. CalvaryBCUG.com. If you go on our website, you can watch every one of our services, and you don't have to have YouTube. And you don't have to have Facebook. You don't have to have any of those things, and uh, and you can you can take advantage. You can take advantage of that, and uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, w- we can we can do what we want to do on there. Amen. And no, I'm, I'm being I'm just I'm being a little calm, a little facetious this morning, and uh, but you know sometimes it really is a shame. You know, and some of you folks have been put in Facebook jail, and you know what that's like, and and all of that because of something you posted. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, we're not on YouTube today. We are, we're broadcasting on Facebook Live, and we're definitely broadcasting on our website right now. So again, that's calvarybcug.com. And, uh, and there's a lot of other great things on there as well. So uh, take advantage of that. Colossians chapter one in your Bibles, and when you find your places, if you'll stand this morning. And uh, let, me, let me give you a thought today on filling up that which is behind. Colossians chapter one, and when you find your places, if you look at, uh, why don't we start in verse 18? I was gonna start in verse 19, but why don't we start in verse number 18? I'll tell you what let's do. Let's start in verse 17, because that's even better. Verse 17, I like how verse 17 goes. Uh, Colossians one, verse 17, the Bible says, and he, talking about Christ, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, And he, Jesus, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now notice verse 24. Paul says, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. And I want to preach to you on that verse right there, verse number 24, and that little phrase that Paul mentions there, and fill up that which is behind. What does that mean? What's Paul talking about right there? And, uh, and so you may be seated this morning, and we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to help us and uh, you won't have any problem understanding this message this morning. Very, very simple, very elementary. Uh, the youngest child will be able to understand this message today. And uh, so let's preach just for a few moments. We're not gonna keep you along at all today. And, uh, uh, and we'll just try to follow the Lord and we'll have you out of here. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And thank you so much for the privilege to be here today. And uh, Lord, it's been a good morning this morning. And we just uh, appreciate the fellowship. It's been such an encouragement. And, uh, Lord, just the spirit of fellowship, the spirit of worship that's here today. Good songs, good choir, good congregational singing today. And, Lord, that was a beautiful special that Miss Mandy just uh, performed for us. We just thank you for all these things. Thank you for our musicians. And, Lord, they've all done uh, just uh, splendidly today. And we just thank you, God, for all that's been done. And, Lord, I pray it's directed our heart toward the Word now and Lord, that's what we need right now. Father, we need the Word. And, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd open our understanding, help our mind to be receptive. Father, help the ground, uh, Lord, spiritually speaking, help the ground to be ready to receive the seed of the Word of God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, it will literally transform our lives today. And so, Lord, fill us with the Spirit of God now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll accomplish your will and help the truth to go out. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake we pray and all God's people said amen. Look, if you will, at Colossians 1 verse 24 again. Paul said, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. In other words, Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings. Paul's talking about himself here. Who who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. I read that, uh, it's been weeks ago now, I read that verse and it really stood out to me and I thought, man, I want to know what that's talking about. What is Paul talking about when he talks about filling up that which is behind? And uh, as I found out that there's uh, a little speculation around this verse and I'll share some of that with you and then I want to tell you what I believe that the Bible is teaching us here. Some believe and some have suggested here that when Paul talks about filling up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ, that it actually means that that there was something possibly lacking in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Now, when I read that, uh, when I read that initially, I thought, hmm, I don't know if I, 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 don't even, I don't even really like the way that sounds, to be quite honest with you. That there's some, something that was lacking in the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that maybe the world, this is what they believe, that maybe the world was not able to make Jesus suffer as much as they wanted. And so when Paul talks about filling up that which is behind, that Paul was saying that he was making up for what the world was not able to make Christ do. In other words, they weren't able to make Jesus suffer enough. And so Paul came behind in that and Paul filled up uh, what the world was not able to make the Lord Jesus Christ suffer in. And uh, I'm gonna be honest with you I, I've got a difficult time trying to accept that interpretation. I, I just uh, I have a hard time with that. And, and part of the reason is because what we read earlier, and that's in Colossians chapter one, look at verse number 20. Uh, the Bible says in verse 20 about the Lord and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself By him, by Jesus, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you a holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. In other words, you know what our Bible's telling us there, that what Jesus did was absolutely perfect, and uh, it paid the full price, and uh, Jesus suffered in entirety. And uh, in other words, there was nothing lacking. When Jesus Christ suffered, there was nothing lacking after he suffered, that he brought us to perfect atonement, he brought, brought us to, to perfect peace, and I couldn't help but think about, and you don't have to turn, now; I'll just read this for you, but I couldn't help th- think about what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 verse 10 where he said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The Bible says about the crucifixion of Jesus, he shall see of the trib- veil of his soul and shall be satisfied. In other words, when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, God didn't look down and say, you know what? There's still work to be done. No, that's not true at all. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, you know what our Bible says? The Bible says that when he made that sacrifice, that he sat down forever. In other words, there was not another sacrifice that was needed. Nobody else needed to suffer for you. When Jesus Christ suffered your hell and suffered for your sins, He did it in entirety. It was complete. It was perfect. His, his sacrifice was in perfection. And so, I don't, I don't believe that's what the Bible's telling us there. That uh, Paul said, "I'm filling up that which is behind. I'm I'm making up, you know, for that which which the Lord Jesus Christ was sort of lacking in." Wow. I'm, I, just, I have a real hard time with that interpretation. Let me tell you something else that this means, and, and I thought this was interesting, and I thought it was worth bringing out because we just taught on this the other night uh, on a Wednesday night, but, uh, and I, I know some of you have come from the Catholic Church And, uh, but the, we, we taught the other night on Wednesday night, we talked about something called indulgences. And I just thought I'd, uh, give you a visual here and put, put a few up on the, uh, uh, on the screen. After I taught on that, Brother Mike Hersey came to me, Brother Mike was saved out of the Catholic church and he came to me and he said, preacher, I have something for you. And uh, he, uh, he gave me a, uh, uh, an authentic copy of a Coverdale Bible, which I, man, I just uh, cherish, absolutely cherish. And, uh, and also, he gave me a copy of an indulgence. He said, Pastor, here's a, here's a bona fide indulgence and, uh, and that he uh, had got in his time in the Catholic Church. And, and he gave me, gave me that indulgence. Now, what, what's an indulgence? Because some of you weren't here in that service. But basically, an indulgence, which w- was a, a document that you could purchase. In other words, you paid the Catholic church for this indulgence and it was a piece of paper that stated somebody's sins had been forgiven. And so if you needed some sins forgiven, you would go to the priest and you would say, I I need some sins forgiven. You would purchase an indulgence and and he would say, here's your indulgence and your sins have been forgiven. The more money you had meant the more forgiveness you could get if you didn't have a lot of money you can get a lot of forgiveness but uh, if you if you had a lot of money you could buy a bigger indulgence and you can have uh you can have more of your sins forgiven they believe the catholic church believes that colossians 124 is the verse that supports that uh, when Paul said, "And fill up that which is behind," in other words, there are some people that are behind on confessing their sins, and so they can purchase an indulgence, and it will fill up. It'll it'll fill them up. It'll catch them up. There are some believe that people got behind, or a loved one got behind, and because of that, they ended up in a place called purgatory. They didn't go to heaven. They didn't go to hell. They went to a holding place. They went to an in-between. And if they, if they pay enough for an indulgence, they can buy their loved one out of purgatory. Now, there's a real big, gigantic, colossal problem with that. And the main problem is it's nowhere in the Bible. Now, that's a big problem. If it's nowhere in the Bible, that's a big problem. Uh, but I'm, but, I want to tell you something that is absolutely not what the Apostle Paul was talking about. And that verse is not talking about purchasing uh, an indulgence to try to fill up something where somebody uh, is lacking. So what is, what's, the, what's Paul talking about in Colossians chapter one and verse number 24? Look back there with me if you can. Paul said in verse 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church. When Paul the apostle talks about filling up that which is behind. It is the Greek word, herestima. And it means this, it means a deficit, a deficit. Now, most of you know what a deficit is. That's a negative balance. If you have a deficit in your checking account, that is usually not a good thing, all right? And and so you don't wanna have a deficit in your checking account. That's a negative balance. That's not a positive balance. That's a negative balance. But wait a minute, that's exactly what Paul was saying. Paul said, I've got a negative balance when it comes to the sufferings of Christ. In other words, I, I've, got a, I've got a deficit in that area. Now, some believe this. Some believe it was because Paul probably got saved later in life. Now Paul was probably not saved. He probably didn't come to the Lord until he was around 30 years old. Uh is when he was on that Damascus road and the Lord uh he saw a light from heaven, God struck him down, and the apostle Paul came to Christ. And so Paul is saying this. I didn't get saved until I was 30. And because I got saved so late, and I got started so late, I'm behind. That's what Paul is saying. I've got a deficit. I've got a negative balance. Others believe this. They believe that because Paul was had such a, a horrible background, Paul was a persecutor of the church. If there was a church that was preaching the gospel, you know what Paul did? Paul broke them up. And Paul took those preachers and those Christians that were preaching the gospel, and the Bible says he hauled them to prison. He took them to prison. How many remember this? The Bible tells us that he held the coats of those who stoned the deacon Stephen. In other words, he put his stamp of approval upon that. He said, do it. He, he believes in Jesus. Stone him. And Paul is saying this, listen, because of my background, because I came to the Lord at, at such a late age, because I gave the church so many problems, Paul said, I've got a deficit I'm behind, I need to get caught up. I need to fill up that which is behind. That's what Paul is saying. It was August the the 31st, 1972, in a place called Munich, Germany. And there was a fellow by the name of Las Varen, and he was a 23-year-old Finnish policeman who was successful in making it to the Olympics that year. And uh, he was totally unheard of, Nobody, nobody knew him. And, uh, but he had he had practiced and 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 worked, and he he made his way to the 1972 Olympic Games, and uh, and he was running uh, first time ever, uh, debuting in uh, the the 10,000 meter in his uh, in the Olympic Games, and uh, and he was running, and they said he got by about halfway into the race, and Laszarin stumbled, and he failed in the race. He failed. And when people saw him fall, they thought, oh my, he's done for. His chances are done for. And they said about this 23-year-old Finnish policeman that he got up, calmly got up, and he got back in the race. Now, wait a minute now. He got behind. He fell, and he got behind. But he didn't quit. He didn't stop. You know what? He came too far to turn back now. And uh, and he made it, he made it to the Olympics and he didn't come here to lose. and so he he stumbled and fell, he got back up and then he got back in the race and you know what little by little he began to pick up momentum and he began to get closer and closer and closer to the runners and finally he passed uh, you know the fifth guy and then he passed the fourth guy and then the third and the second and there was a, a British guy that was running who was the guy that was supposed to win and lost Varen passed the British runner and actually won the race And didn't actually only just win the gold, but he set a new world record in that race. Now, what are you saying? I'm saying he filled up that which was behind. That's what I'm saying. You know what? I'm 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 pretty convinced of this. That after 31 years of pastoring, there's some Christians who have fell behind. They're behind. There are some Christians who, if they, were, if they were really, really honest about it, you know what? They would tell you, man, I'm, I've got a deficit. I've got a negative balance. By the way, by the way, nobody likes to be behind. No, nobody likes to be behind. Listen, have you ever done this? Have you ever been behind on your work? You just couldn't get caught. You ever been, ever, ever been behind on your chores? Have you ever been behind on your bills? <laughs> you know what that's like? I'm just trying to, I'm just, I want to get this in your in your head here. There was a deficit. There was a negative balance. And you know what, friend, I'm telling you, after all these years, I'm sure that there are some people that have a deficit in their Christian life. And they say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I want to show you a few where I think some folks are behind. How about this? Number one, I'm afraid some are behind on their forgiveness. Now, we're going to find all this right here in Colossians. Would you look at Colossians chapter three with me and look at verse number 12. Colossians chapter three, verse number 12. Notice what Paul says to the church of Colossae here. Colossians three, verse 12. Paul says, put on therefore, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Look at verse 13. He says to the church, church here, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Did you know that many Christians are stifled in their Christian growth because they're behind on this thing of forgiveness? Something happens somewhere along the line. By the way, church, if if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to. It's not a question, is somebody going to offend you? The question is when. It's not a question of, are you going to have burdens? The question is when. It's not a question of, are you going to have problems? The question is when. Listen, the Bible says man is a few days and full of trouble. Problems are going to come. And anytime you got people, you got Problems. And I can promise you this. Somebody's going to say the wrong thing. Somebody's going to look at you the wrong way. Somebody's going to miss shaking your hand. Somebody's going to say something that offends you. Somebody's going to do something that cheats you or defrauds you. Somebody's going to do something that is deceitful, something that's against you. But here's the thing. If you choose to get behind in your forgiveness, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. And there's a lot of folks, listen, that have chosen not to forgive. They've chosen to hold on to something. And by the way, here's the sad thing. Some of these things happened a long time ago. And you know what's really, really sad? Is the people that they have never forgiven have forgotten about it. And yet they are still holding on to that thing and still bitter about it. And indifferent. Hey, church, I want to just listen. I'm just going to tell you something. If you become angry at somebody and you stay that way, it'll destroy you. Listen to Hebrews twelve fifteen. Just jot that down in your notes. Hebrews twelve fifteen says it like this: Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. The Bible talks about that root of bitterness, that root of bitterness. Well, if you if you came to my house, our house was built in about. Uh, I think our house was built in 1976, where my wife and I live. And uh, at one time, there was a really nice concrete drive there. It's still nice, but but over the years, that concrete drive got broke up, and I had to I had to dig big pieces of concrete out of it and throw them away. And I had to, you know, I'm not a concrete guy, but I had to, you know, do new concrete, you know, and just patch it up. But that concrete got all broken up and it pushed the concrete concrete up. And you say, Pastor, what on earth happened? A root. We used to have pine trees all the way down the, the edge of our property there. And those pine trees grew, grew and grew and those roots got underneath the concrete and those roots eventually broke the concrete. And push the concrete up. And it used to be beautiful. And it used to be pristine. And it used to be flat and level and nice and smooth. But those roots got underneath that concrete. And it broke it. And it crumbled it. And it gnarled it. And it made it ugly. Do you know the Bible says that there is something called a root of bitterness? And if you don't deal with that root... It'll do the same thing to you that those roots did to my concrete. we're preaching good this morning. Somebody's here this morning and and in in your past, somebody, man, somebody took advantage of you. You loaned somebody some money and they told you, listen, they swore to you, I'll give it back. I'll give it back with interest. You haven't seen them since. Somebody lied about you. Somebody took your position at work. Somebody got your promotion you were supposed to get. Somebody got the job that you were supposed to, you know, you were supposed to secure. Somebody drug your name through the mud. Somebody abused you, and and by the way, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not justifying what they did, but somebody abused you or misused you or uh, or did something that just absolutely devastated you and it hurt you and it it broke your heart and it wasn't fair and it wasn't right. And by the way, I'm not saying it was right, but I am saying this: there's nothing you can do about your past, but you can do everything about your future. And if you if you stay Stay bitter about that and mad and angry about that. I'm telling you, listen, it's gonna make you an ugly person. And amen, amen, amen. It's gonna rob you of your joy. It's gonna rob you of your happiness. It's gonna rob you of your fulfillment. It's gonna hurt your marriage. It's gonna hurt your family. It's gonna hurt your home. By the way, listen to what it says again here in Hebrews twelve fifteen. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. I've known folks who had a bad experience in church and because they had a bad experience in church, they never went back and wouldn't take their kids and it ruined their family. Kids are strung out on drugs, alcoholics. I mean, just a horrible, horrible, now wait a minute now. You say, Pastor, what's your point? My point is this. It would have been a whole lot better for that mom and dad just to just say, you know what? What that person did was wrong. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. It wasn't holy. It wasn't just. But you know what we're going to do? We're just going to forgive. And we're going to keep our family in church and we're going to keep pointing our kids to Jesus and we're just going to keep on reading the Bible and we're going to keep going to preaching and we're going to keep ministering and staying involved in our ministry. Been a whole lot Better. But that root of bitterness, I'm telling you, that root of bitterness, it'll kill you. A lot of folks have a deficit when it comes to forgiveness. There may be somebody here this morning and, and I don't even know why I'm staying on this point so long. But there's somebody here this morning and, and something happened somewhere, sometime with somebody and, and you've held on to that and held on to that and held on to that. You went through a bitter divorce. You say, Pastor, don't go there. Preacher, don't go there. That's, that's personal. Don't go there. And, I, and by the way, I'm sorry you did. I, I'm sorry you did, I mean that. Most people who have been through divorce wouldn't wish it on their worst enemy. And, and, but you went through a divorce, and it was a bitter divorce. And somebody, man, somebody maligned you, and somebody lied about you in court, and and uh, I mean, man, they tried to take you through the mud, and 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 since that day, man, you've been so angry and so mad, and you, and you say, boy, I'll never trust anybody again. And listen to me now. This is all I'm saying. You better forgive. You better catch up. You better fill up that which is behind. Now, you say, okay, Pastor. I I forgave him once, but I won't forgive him again. You know, don't don't go there, because I want you to look at another verse in Colossians in a minute, but just jot this down, Matthew 18. The apostle Peter came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus a question. He He said, Lord, how often shall my brother offend me and I forgive him? And then Peter thinks, you know what, I'll just go ahead and answer that. Lord, how often shall my brother offend me and I forgive him? How about seven times? How about seven times? That sounds good. That's the number of of completion. That's the number of God. How about seven times? And the Lord Jesus Christ said, how about 70 times seven? In other words, just keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving and keep on forgiving. I was with a, a group of couples yesterday and and we were, teaching on, we were teaching on some things. And, and I told them, I shared a little testimony with them. And I said, you know, years ago, I said, my, my little mama, she might be watching right now, I'm not sure, but, but uh, my little mom, she's uh, getting ready to turn 89 years old. And my wife and I have been married for 37 years. And we were getting ready to get married. And she, mama wasn't a philosopher. <laughs> but she got me in the kitchen. We're getting ready to get married. She said, honey... She said, let me give you some advice. I said, okay, mom. And this is what my little mama said. She said, learn to forgive. And then she put this little addendum on the end of that. She said, learn to forgive even when they don't apologize. Learn to forgive. Man, I've shared that all over. I've shared that all over the place. You know why? That's great advice. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, as soon as they come to me and apologize, listen, I'll forgive them. No, you can't wait on that. You can't determine what they do, but you can determine what you do. And again, I don't know why I'm staying so long on this subject this morning, but maybe God knows, amen. And Oh, listen to me, I'm just telling you, Paul said, I'm behind, man, I'm behind. I'm gonna fill up that which is behind. And I would just say that some are behind on their forgiveness. Can I say this real quickly? Number two, some are behind when it comes to finances. Look what he says in Colossians chapter three and verse five. Paul says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. Look what he says. And covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Covetousness, which is idolatry. That word covetousness there means greediness. Now i just hit this to go to the next point, but man, I'm gonna tell you something. I am so thankful that I had a dad who taught me this truth very early in life that you'll never outgive God? Dad taught us that, even as kids. You'll never outgive God. You will never outgive God. And Dad would say, Listen, son, if, if you'll just be faithful to give to the Lord, he said it may not always make sense. And he said it may not come when you think it ought to come, but he said God is always on time. And he said, God will take care of you and God will meet your needs if you just give to the work of the Lord and give to God. He said, you can't outgive God. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said it like this, earn all you can, save all you can. Never try to save out of God's cause. Such money will canker the rest. Giving to God is not loss. It's putting your substance into the best bank. Giving is true Having. As the old gravestone said of the dead man, what I spent, I had. What I saved, I lost. What I gave, I have. Now you get that on, you have to watch that on our website tomorrow. You'll get that on the slow train tomorrow. Hey, you know what? It's exciting when you see people give to the Lord and all of a sudden the windows of heaven open. Happens here all the time. Every time we, this is the truth, and all of our deacons and our leaders, they would testify what I'm about to tell you. Every time, every, every, every time we step out a little in faith and do something for a missionary, it's like the windows of heaven open wide up and God pours us out such a blessing we can't even receive it all. Every time. Brother Zach was, uh, I I talked to Brother Zach this week out at Haven and uh, Brother Roger's family, Brother Prakash, his family's here in the States. And, uh, and they just asked if they could come by. Brother Raj is not here. Brother Raj's visa ran out. And so he texted Brother Zach and he said, Would it be okay if my wife, his wife, and kids are here without him? His wife speaks almost zero English. His son speaks almost zero English. His daughter's the only one who can speak English. And so Brother Raj texts Brother Zach and said, Would it be okay? could you host our family, you know, for a service? And Brother Zach said, yeah, Brother Roger, I'll be glad to do that. Well, and they ended up being three days. And a small church, Haven's a small church. And so they ended up putting Brother Roger's family up in a hotel for three days. And, uh, but I told Brother Zach yesterday, I said, son, let me tell you something. I can promise you this. I'll promise you this. I, y'all probably didn't have it to do with, but as I'll guarantee you Get ready for God to bless you. Because you stepped out, and I can promise, you know what, God's going to bless you. Listen, some of you here today, you're behind on giving to the Lord. There's a deficit there. Hey, fill up that which is behind. Some are behind on forgiveness. Some are behind on finances. Let me bring this thing to a close today. Hey, how about this? Number, Number next, some are behind on faithfulness. Look at Colossians 2 verse 5. For though I be absent in the, in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order. Look at this. Instead, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, as you have therefore received Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, verse seven, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Oh, listen, if you're behind in your faithfulness, fill it up, catch up. Now, let me tell you something about faith. Let me tell you one of the great things about faithfulness. You know what? I, I've come to this conclusion, Brother Brandon, after 31 years of the same church, there's just some things I can't do. You know, we're going to have Joe Arthur here in, in a few weeks. And if you've never heard Brother Joe Arthur preach, oh, listen, you better do yourself a favor and come. I'll guarantee he's going to preach the paint off the walls. It's going to happen. And uh, he always does. And just can preach like nobody's business. You know what? I've come to the conclusion I'll never preach like Joe Arthur. I I, I understand that I'm not the organizer of a Dr. Lee Robertson. I'm not the, you know, I'm I'm not the 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 I don't have the great ministry head, you know, of a of a Doctor Paul Chapel or uh, I'm I'm not a Tom Malone or a Jack Hiles or uh, or a Billy Graham. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not those men, and I could probably never do what those men do. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can be faithful. Yes, I may not be able to preach like they preach. I may not be able to do like they do. I may not be able to, to organize like they organize. But I will tell you what I can do. I can be faithful. Man, I can be here when I'm supposed to be here doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you're here today and you're behind on your faithfulness, listen, fill it up. Fill it up today. We're done. But look at this. Some are behind on their fulfillment of things. Look, look back at your Bibles, Colossians chapter one. Look at verse three. Look what Paul says, Colossians one verse three. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you Same chapter, look at verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Turn over one page and look at Colossians chapter three and verse 15. Colossians three, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye, what? Thankful, Be thankful. Hey, listen, if you're here this morning at Calvary Baptist Church and you are behind in your thankfulness, there is no time like the present to start catching up. Maybe you're here this morning. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been, you know, in 2023, you've murmured a lot, you've complained a lot, but you haven't thanked a lot. You haven't been grateful. You haven't walked around every day with that attitude of gratitude. And you say, Pastor, there's a deficit in that area. All right, fill it up. Man, catch up and just decide today on, what is this, uh, March the 19th, 2023, that from now on, man, every day is gonna be a new day and I'm just gonna thank God for his blessings. I'm not gonna complain about the weather and I'm not gonna complain about the rain and I'm not gonna complain about the sunshine and I'm not gonna complain about the cold and I'm not gonna complain about the heat. I'm just gonna get up and say, Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for your goodness, your provision, your blessing. Church, we're blessed. Amen. We've got eyes that see and ears that hear and a nose that smells and a tongue that tastes and hands that can hold. We've got legs that brought us into the house of God. We got the house of God to come to. We've got ears that can hear truth. We're blessed beyond measure. I love Dr. Tony Evans. And I was reading a story by Dr. Evans. And he said he, he said he had a dog for a while. He had this dog for a while. And he said he reached down one day to just to just move his dog bowl, to move his plate. And he said when he did that, he said that dog growled at him and started barking at him. And Dr. Evans said, man, I ain't believing this. He said, you know why that dog eats? Because I feed him. He said, you know who, buy that, who buys that dog's dog food? He said, you're looking at him. I buy his dog food. I'm the one that bought the bowl to put the dog food in. I'm the one that feeds up the water bowl that he can't reach the sink himself and he can't run the water himself. And I fill up his bowl faithfully with water. I fill up his food bowl with food that I purchased. I'm the one that when he starts messing around at night, late at night, I get out of the bed and let him go outside in the middle of the night. I'm the one that does that. He said he wants to growl at me. And Dr. Evans said he wasn't my dog long. Now wait a minute. You know I thought about it. I thought I wonder how God must feel. When he is so good to us and blesses us beyond measure, pours his blessings out upon us, and yet a lot of times you know what we do in the morning? We growl. And we bark and we complain. And God says, really? After all I've done for you. And somebody says, Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Okay. But God will never bring you to it if He's not going to bring you through it. And maybe, maybe, just maybe today, like the Apostle Paul, we'd have to say, there's some things I need to fill up on. I'm behind. There's a deficit. I've got a negative balance in some areas. It might be forgiveness or finances or faithfulness or fulfillment of thanks. But today, today you'd say, you know what, Lord, with you helping me, I'm going to fill it up. I'm going to fill it up. Let's bow our heads this morning, Father. We thank you for this time that we've had together today. And Lord, I, I pray that somehow that you'll take this attempt at preaching and teaching And Lord, I pray that you'll bring the increase from it. It's been super simple, I know that. But that's all right. And sometimes simple preaching is the best. And Lord, I don't know, I just, I believe that that first point, especially for some reason, I just feel like the Spirit of God was was doing something right there. And God, I don't know who I'm preaching to. But Lord, maybe there's somebody here this morning. And Lord, what was done to them wasn't right. What was done to them wasn't fair, it wasn't just. But Lord, when it happened, they got angry. And because of that, they have never forgiven. It's never exited their heart, it's been there. It's like a rock. Lord, it's, and and they don't know it, but it's making their heart calloused and it's like a cancer. Lord, it's like a cancer. Unforgiveness is like a cancer. And if we don't get it removed, sometimes it will will turn into something more serious. Father, today, if there's somebody that's behind on their forgiveness, I pray today, Lord, that they'll fill it up. I pray today they'll catch up. Lord, somebody here today behind on some area, and it could be something that I never even preached on today. God, like the apostle Paul, would you give us a church full of people who would say, Lord, by your grace, with your help, Lord, I'm gonna fill it up. I'm behind, I've got a deficit, Lord. I've got a negative balance in that area, but God, with you helping me, I'm gonna catch up. I'm behind the other runners. Lord, I'm, I'm behind in this race, but with your helping me, God, I'm gonna catch up, I'm gonna finish, and I'm gonna bring glory to the Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a couple of things. How many are here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. I know that I am saved. If that's you, preacher, I know that I am saved. You just, as a testimony, you'd slip your hand up right now. You'd say, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Hey, can I ask you this? Is there somebody else? And you'd say, Pastor, I couldn't raise my hand. If I died, I'm really not sure of heaven. I really don't know. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would. And I want you to pray for me, preacher. Please pray for me. I'm not sure that I am saved. Please, please, preacher, pray for me. Please pray for me. Who's like that right now? You'd slip up your hand. Come on, you'd be honest and slip up your hand and you'd say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? Can I pray for you right now? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Let me ask this then with heads bowed and eyes closing, nobody's looking, nobody's looking. I wonder if there might be one here this morning would say, preacher, there's a root growing. Somebody hurt me. Somebody did something to me, and maybe it's been years and years ago, and you'd say, pastor, I've had a very, very hard time letting that go, but I wanna do that. I wanna forgive. But I need the Lord's help with that. And without anybody looking, if that's you this morning, right now, you just slip your hand up all over the house. Just slip it up. Pray for me. Pray for me. God bless you. God bless you and you and you. Who else? Who else? God bless you. Who else? Preacher, that's me. I've had a long, a hard time. God bless you. Who else? Preacher, it's me. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate all the honesty, all the hands. Hey, listen, will you let it go today? Would you do this today? Would you be willing to to put it on the altar? Would you be willing to give it to the Lord today? Would you be willing to do that? Okay. If so, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a moment, we're going to stand. And I'm going to ask you to come and find a place And you kneel or stand or sit or whatever you need to do. But I want you to leave it on this altar and give it to Jesus this morning before we leave. I want you to do it. Let's all stand this morning. Father, I pray that you'll have your way. Thank you for those that are already making their way to the altar. God, right now, I pray that you do a transforming work in hearts. And Father, help people to go home free. Help them to go home free, maybe for the first time, free of that unforgiveness, free of that root of bitterness. Holy Spirit of God, I pray today that you'd take it away. I pray that you'd evaporate it. God, I pray that you give them a heart full of forgiveness. And today, Heavenly Father, I pray that they would go forward. And Lord, they'd fill up that which is behind. God, have your way in this invitation Speak to hearts, I pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm gonna ask our personal workers if they'll just be in the altar for us today in case somebody needs them. And if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand or I did raise my hand and you missed me, but I need to be saved. Hey, would you come right now? We've got some folks down here in the altar that have a Bible in their hand. And we would love to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Folks are coming. Folks are still coming. Would you come? Would you come? This has been simple, simple service. Some of the simplest preaching you've ever heard. But i promise you this, if you'll let the Lord conquer that root of bitterness today, man, oh man, it'll be a miraculous day in your life. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Lord, I'm thankful for what you're doing this morning. Holy Spirit, please keep on working. God, maybe you're working in hearts of those that are out in the audience as well. Spirit of God, do a lasting work. God, help us to leave this place different. Oh, Lord, help us to leave this place different. God, save that one that's lost and undone without Christ. Lord, help them to realize that works are not gonna take them to heaven. Being a church member is not gonna take them to heaven. God, today, I pray that they'd come and let you save them. Lord, right now, I pray they'd come to Christ. Help us, Lord, to fill up that which is behind. God, continue to work, please, and we thank you.